Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new Spill Your Beans TV review episode. This is for Doctor Who, The Legend of the Sea Devils. It's a very exciting one to talk about because it's got a lot going for it, um, positively and negatively. Um, probably the most conflicted I've been on an episode since I've started doing these TV reviews. So um, yeah, welcome and let's get into it. So as usual with these um, sort of episodes, we try and do sort of segments at a time and talk about all that sort of stuff and, and key bits that stuck out to me, especially on a rewatch. With this one, it was a really difficult one because, <clears throat> you know, Easter was a stressful day for me anyway, so watching Doctor Who and being up to date and all that sort of thing was all over the place. But given time to rewatch it, um, I kind of still feel very similar about it. Um, but let's talk about that. If you saw my review or haven't seen my review or whatever... Um, then that'll be sort of new for you. In summary, I wasn't a massive fan of this episode. Um, I really don't love it, and I think it takes a lot of creative decisions that I'm not too keen on, and a lot of ideas that feel very repetitive and very rehashed and very old at this point. Um, it felt like it somehow made the return of a villain that hasn't been in the show since, what, the 80s, the 70s, and it sort of turned it into this kind of, I don't know, more of a weak... Um, sort of episode in my opinion and again it's <clears throat> all of a debate for different reasons and all that sort of thing but for me I was just disappointed with all the all that this episode had going for it with the Thasman stuff with the sea devils with pirates with historical stuff it could have been really like exciting and different and, and brilliant it didn't really hit that mark for me um, and we'll discuss why there's some things I really did like about this episode, and we'll get onto that, especially on rewatch and having a few days to sort of distill it and look at Twitter and stuff. Um, but there are things that I really do stand by in terms of things that I don't like. <clears throat> in terms of um, the general perception of social media and stuff, um, I've done something this time around which I might start doing more often um, with these reviews. And I ask you guys, I asked you guys, what did you um, think about it in terms of like a rating? Um, did you think it was great, good, forgettable, or bad? We got 890 votes in that poll on Twitter, which is insane. Um, we had 16% say bad, 30.1% say forgettable, 40.2% say good, and 13.7% said great. Interesting result. Um, Obviously more overwhelmingly positive than negative, which is a great thing, and I'm glad a lot of people got a lot out of that. I'm probably personally more in the forgettable camp, um, as, again, I've watched it twice, and I'm still struggling with a few plot elements to remember from. Um, but yeah, that's just personal note, but I th I'm, I'm glad that a lot of people got a lot of enjoyment out of it that I personally didn't really get that much of. So getting into the review and what I kind of thought about it and sort of breaking that down in a bit more detail. Um, for me, and I sort of hinted at this in my main review as well, it sort of feels like a very typical Chibnall story. Um, and the one where I watched it thinking that like a lot of the elements in this feel very obviously Chibnall. Almost as if like, you know... I compare it a little bit to the French Dispatch, which is a really weird thing. But if you're if you follow the film podcast and we talk about that on here, and we did discuss the the French Dispatch, and the French Dispatch for me, I said sort of kind of felt like Wes Anderson was trying to parody himself, um, in a film. And this kind of feels the same with Doctor Who. It feels like Chris Chibnall is almost trying to make a very Chris Chibnall esque script, and this is what he's come up with, and it works in that in that sense because it's 
a very Christianly script. I think it's got all the tropes, but I personally think all the tropes that really don't work for the era, and it's so much more obvious here. Now, there are things to note with this. Obviously, doing a lot of research after, there were a lot of time constraints with this episode. It was commissioned later, like they have obviously had probably less time to write this one, so it was going to feel like a filler episode. I understand that. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of this where... Again, very Chibnall-esque stuff, and I really like the Chibnall era. Go back and look at my reviews. I'm very overwhelmingly positive about the earlier series especially, um, and the beginning of Flux really loved it. But you can't deny that sometimes the Chibnall era falls into the trap of being very expositional with its dialogue. Um, and that's something I noticed quite a bit, um, but more so when I saw this video on Twitter. Now, I'll try and share it if I, um, you know, after this recording, or maybe attach this post when I like share this out. But it was a brilliant edit that someone did. Basically, edited the um, clip of the Doctor and Yaz in the, the seafloor, um, but edited it so it cut a lot of the dialogue out and a lot of the exposition. And the scene flows so much better for me. And I think that's a lot of where this episode falls into, where it's like, here, let me spurt about Madame Ching and the Flor de Lamar and the missing treasure and Jihan and this and this and this and this and sea devils. And it's very like, Companion asks a question, the Doctor goes on like a rant about it. And the Doctor, again, in this episode, Jodie, I don't think has ever been so expositional as she is in this. There, were, there is a bit of a change in Jodie's performance, and there's a bit of a change in 13 generally in this episode, which we'll talk about in just a bit. Not a bad one. Um, but, again, it does, in a lot for a lot of the time, fall into that thing of explaining away lots of stuff. There's no humanity to it. There's no kind of emotion in that it's just here's everything that's happening list 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 here's something that's happening here's something that's happening um with a few sort of jokes slipped in there from like dan or yaz and it works to some extent but it's very functional and i think as an audience member when you can see the functions of like joke right jokes finished time for exposition this and this and this and you could say that about any era and it's not me unnecessarily picking it apart i just noticed more with this episode that it could have done with a few more rewrites, and it could have done with a being about 10 minutes longer. And I get the impression that you feel like it probably should have been 10 minutes longer. There's a lot of whispers already about this episode being a bit of a development hell. We don't know how true that is, but if it is, it wouldn't surprise me because of how it feels. Some bits feel really weirdly edited and out of place. Um, the CGI is all over the place. Some look incredible. Um, some CGI shots look terrible. Um, or not terrible, but dated to say the least, uh, which has not been something I've ever said about this era. Like, this era has always been really good with its CGI and technology and how it looks. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's around that. And again, this is me being very critical now, but this isn't something that's new for this episode. This is something that has appeared in previous Chibnall episodes. But the thing is, it does blend in with other great stuff. Like, Flux had a lot going for it. Series 12, for me, a lot of the episodes had a lot of interesting ideas and concepts. And talent behind it. This also has that, but what it feels like is if someone told me that this was a sort of a last minute episode that they had to kind of write and cram in there, I'm not surprised. I feel like it kind of wasted the Sea Devils a little bit as well, which I've obviously mentioned and we'll get into more in a bit, but yeah, that's my general thoughts on the Chibnall stuff. I think it's like it has some, it, there's a good episode in here. There is a really good episode in here. It just is hiding behind a lot of kind of tropes with Doctor Who in terms of expositional dialogue dodgy CGI, just iffy character writing. The best bit about this entire story was the Thasman stuff. Um, and I'm so glad that it took the forefront because if 
that wasn't established and they didn't have at least like 10 minutes of that in this episode really developing that and playing around with that dynamic between Yaz and the Doctor and this episode wouldn't have had much going for it in my opinion but it really does um We'll talk about Phasma in just a bit. Let's start with the opening, though, because there's something I saw a lot of people point out, and I think on rewatch it especially stuck out to me. Um, is that opening scene, there's just a lot of... Again, it, it's, and it sort of leans into what I've been saying, I suppose, is I really want to praise this for what it does right, but when it does so much that I'm... So obviously mistakes or just things that feel wrong and out of place. Like, again, with the editing stuff, like... Where did Yaz and Dan come up with that rope trap from? I know everyone and their mums has pointed this out, right? But where did they come up with that? They walk into town, they see the Sea Devil. Sea Devil and the Doctor have a brief exchange, and the Sea Devil gets strung up in this really elaborate, like, Scooby-Doo-style rope trap. And it happens so quickly, and it's like, well, how did that happen? How was that explained away? Like, did the people of the village set that up? Did they, 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 never mention, never, never showcase, no joke about it, it just happens is if there was just a trap already there and they knew exactly what to do and it doesn't question it. What it feels like, again, is there's an extra couple of minutes there which has been cut. And then there's another shot which is like a reaction of the sea devil and it's just like a flipped version of a previous shot. And it's just like, this is just weird to me. It just feels really off and dodgy and sure, it's fine to some extent. And like, I like a lot of what it tried to set up in terms of atmosphere. Like the very opening of the episode was really interesting. Um, and I think, yeah, they did a lot with that. And, and it's just, when it got to, like, the Doctor and the companions arriving there and just the, the strange editing style of that. And then Dan going off with the guy to go to the ship. It just kind of being very... It's, like, very coincidental, a lot of things that happen this episode. It's like something would happen and then it would just be ignored and just accepted as fact, despite the fact that that's a strange decision for someone to make without talking about it. Again, like the rope trap, for example. It's like, that just happens, and then it's ignored, and then we move on. The sea devil didn't even need to be trapped up because it got away anyway, so why was that segment even in there? Who knows? <laughs> um, the, the, like, the ship could have just arrived, and they could have, they could have written around that. And if you're going to edit something out, why not? Why leave in the dumb thing that needs further you know, footage to really explain why that's a thing? It's a bit of a strange decision, but, you know, it, do, you do you, basically. Okay, so let's talk about Phasmin, because that's the big focus of this, and looking at Twitter and the reactions, it's all been very positive, and I completely agree. I said a lot of things in my review where I was like, a bit worried about where it's going to go. I think, given time to reflect on what I said and in my initial review, I and obviously a rewatch as well, and seeing how people have reacted, um... I think that was handled really well. I think genuinely, I can't poke many holes in that. Not that I even want to, but I can't. I actually quite liked the Thasman stuff. Looking back on it, the dialogue feels very natural. Um, like, the way Mandip Gill acts in loads of those scenes are fantastic. The, the looks she gives, it's like it's saying a hundred words with just a look, and that's perfect. That's exactly what you want. Um, and it, yeah, it's exactly what I want. I talked about expositional dialogue. I want something more nuanced and let the audience pick up on it themselves, which this episode did do a lot, but only in the scenes when it was just 13 and Yaz, um, which were great. And it also made me think, I really wish we had this dynamic with just them two earlier on. It feels such a shame that Jodie's leaving next time because actually the dynamic between them two works. 
And this is the first time 13 has ever opened up about her feelings, ever talked genuinely, honestly about her feelings towards something. And the fact that she would, you know, if, if she could fix herself to a person or a location, she would stay with Yaz. She would build a life with Yaz. That is interesting. And it's like she's opening up right at the end. It's, it just feels slightly too late. I just wish she'd done it earlier. You know, two episodes left, one episode left after this now, and it's like there's a lot, already a lot happening in that. Will this develop any further? They'll probably kiss in the centenary, and I really hope they do, because it seems like that'll probably be the best payoff. Or maybe they won't, and that'll also be decent payoff. I don't know. Um, but I really like the Thasman stuff, and I think what I was saying in the original review about being worried where it'll go and all that sort of thing... Um, no, my only criticism with it is I just wish it happened earlier. I feel like it's actually added the best emotional... Um, kind of character stuff that the Chibnall era has had to offer and it's like ah oh, why didn't you do this earlier like start teasing it in, I mean they did technically tease it a little bit in series 12 but be a bit more heavy handed with it you know like really pick it up together where it doesn't feel like you decided to do this just for like the last series because it's just something where you know I think retrospectively looking back on the Chibnall era there's a lot of things where it's like okay I would have changed that like series 12 I quite like series 12 but I would have got rid of like Ryan and maybe Graham halfway through or at the beginning, or maybe one or the other. Keeping the Doctor and Yaz as the dynamic works really well, and I think because it's very expositional and there hasn't been too much character stuff, and I don't feel as connected with these characters, I'm finally connecting with Yaz, and I'm finally getting that, especially with Series 13, especially with the specials. Love that. But I wish I'd happened, like, had that earlier, so I built that connection with the character, because it's taken Yaz to be the longest-running New Who companion before I've personally got to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, no, I get who she's supposed to be, what her interests are, like, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, and I really like that. I'm happy we've got that. I just wish it had been earlier. I just wish they'd done it a little bit earlier. Um, and Dan, I love Dan, but he does feel a bit wasted um, at this point, and I feel like you know, maybe, maybe, in the nicest way possible, maybe Flux would have been it for him. Maybe he would have worked best being part of just Flux and then leaving to be with Di at the end of that. And then maybe showing up in the Centenary, obviously. But I think having... And I know, obviously, he has to have that conversation with Yaz, and that was a brilliant part of the last episode that I wouldn't ever take out. I just mean that I feel like he's not getting developed enough, and actually I would have liked more time with just 13 and Yaz to build up that dynamic. Um, but yeah, no, I thought all the stuff in this episode was really well handled with that. That last scene is really poignant. Some fantastic dialogue, some really, like, almost poetic stuff, which I've kind of missed in recent years of Doctor Who. Um, like... Moffat used to do that quite a lot, and as much as I have my criticisms for Moffat, like, his writing would sometimes be very poetic and very, like, I don't know, quotable and very nice. And you had that with this episode quite a lot, and that last dialogue exchange about the, you know, skimming the stone and making the wish is very interesting, especially the fact that 13 says it out loud, which traditionally on Earth, obviously, you say your wish out loud, it doesn't come true. And obviously we know next time she's going to regenerate. It's a nice little thing, subtle like subtle story points and character moments and poetic dialogue and it's like suddenly wow this is what Chibnall had in had in him this whole time and he hasn't brought it out yet really until now the only other time I've really seen that played around with was can you hear me um with Yaz's mental health arc and I think that was really poignant as well I just wish we'd had more of that in this era and 
you know, I'm satisfied with this episode in terms of that. I just, it's it's like the only thing I like. Um, because moving on to the pirate stuff and sea devils, which is the sort of thing I've got written on my notes. Um, okay, the sea devils I feel like were wasted and the pirate stuff seemed boring to me. And maybe this is just me, but I've seen even people who are like, I really like this episode for what it does with like Phasmin and all that. I really like what it does with that. However, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in the episode, <laughs> like story-wise, like the legend of the Sea Devils, you know, the pirates, the Flor de la Mar, Madame Ching, Ji Hun, the Sea Devils, you know, the giant underwater thing, like isn't a Merca, but may as well be a Merca. It's just like. I don't know, I just kind of wish they'd done a bit more with that and played with that concept a lot more. Because, you know, knock it all you want, I still think Curse of the Black Spot's actually a better pirate episode than this. Leans more into that culture, it feels like they're actually on a pirate ship in the middle of the ocean, whereas this really didn't. Um, maybe it's the daytime aspect as well, I don't know. But I think with the, the water and the reflections, it was such an interesting concept with Curse of the Black Spot, even if I don't really love that episode or the characters in it. I think it still works better than this, and I would have loved to have seen something a little bit more interesting. I don't like dissing people's performances, because, you know, a script is only as good as its actor, an actor is only as good as the script they're given. So it, it works both ways. It's a collaborative process, um, TV and film. And I think that it could have been better, the acting with, in, in the performance-wise of the supporting characters, Madame Ching, Ji Hun, etc. But... It's not the end of the world, like, the problem comes in the story and the concept just isn't quite developed enough, I don't think. But the idea's there, you've got a historical point, you've got sea devils, it just fell apart at the execution, you know? And that's the problem here, is, you know, that's, the, that's what the audience see, they see the execution, they don't see the thought process behind the scenes, they don't see any of that. They see the final product, and unfortunately the final product feels rushed, it feels slapped together with sticky tape and again this as i said with phasmin there's some great stuff in there but the sea devil stuff the actual stuff that the names the episodes named after i went into this thinking ah it might be okay you know we'll have some phasmin stuff that'll be really satisfying and good i'm sure and we've got sea devils so even if the pirate stuff's a bit dull we've got sea devils like they, you can't do the sea devils wrong surely because it's like a classic monster chibnall's done the silurians before and although the hungry earth and Cold Blood aren't the best episodes of all time. They have character, they have, like, story, they have background, they have thought put into them. The Sea Devils were just like, yeah, we want to flood the planet. It's fine. It's cool. But then, I don't know, they just were so shallow, you know. They were one line of expositional dialogue away from being a new monster. And they may as well have been. But I'm kind of glad they brought the Sea Devils back, it's cool. And it's great, but the nostalgic throwback death sound effect noise of the Sea Devil dying isn't enough for me to go, Oh, this is really cool Sea Devil content. It looked great. I'll give them that. The costume department and did a fantastic job given the limited sort of time. Um, it's the characterization again and the planning and the story and the execution all coming together. It doesn't quite land for me. Um... But what I will say is the sword fight was good. I quite liked that on rewatch. Um, I thought the sword fight was quite engaging. I thought Jodie's stuff was really cool. The music really fit. Dan and Yaz teaming up and all that sort of thing. 
really cool stuff. Um, what I didn't like was Dan murdering like eight sea devils. <laughs> I don't mind it, you know, it's cool. But then you really think back through the consistency of themes in Jodie's era and Miss Doctor, and you think, look at the amount of shit that Graham got for even suggesting the idea of killing Tim Shaw. And Dan straight up just kills like eight sea devils. Uh, yeah, the stakes, the stakes weren't like maybe as high or whatever, but like, it doesn't matter about the stakes. It's like, it's still the same thing, is if you kill them, you're as bad as them, you know? And this is never going to be addressed again. It wasn't in the episode. It won't be again. There's a lot of things in this era that happen to do that, but I think this is one of them where it was just like, for me, I was like, oh my god, they made such a big point in series 11 about, we don't use guns, we don't kill, and obviously they had that you know, hypocrisy thing with the spiders and arachnids in the UK and, and killing them humanely and stuff. Um, so my problem isn't Dan killing the sea devils. My problem is Dan killing the sea devils and that just being presented as okay in a 13th Doctor era story where the Doctor would pick up on that. When is it, like, good or bad? Like, when has a companion killed, like, more than one of, like, a species and just gotten away with it as if it's, like, fine? Like, that's never happened. And that's never presented as okay. Never mind being played off as a joke, like, oh, you should meet me, mum. You know, I don't want to be nitpicky, but I kind of have to be, because, like, what was that? That wasn't needed. You could have had anything. You could have had some sort of device that the 13th Doctor had built or put on the sword where you press a button and it sets off some sort of, like, stun mechanism on all of the Sea Devil swords in the proximity. There we go. There's a daft shit idea that would have at least saved Dan killing eight sea devils. And you know they die because it's the death noise that they make. He does two swipes. <laughs> I don't understand it. <clears throat> and then we come to something else I don't really understand. That's Jihun's sacrifice. We've had this before. In 13's era. I don't mind it in the Timeless Children. I think in the Timeless Children, um, Koshamas, um killing himself to destroy all the Cybermen and Gallifrey and all that sort of thing and use the, um, re the what is it, the death particle? That's it. I was going to say the reality bomb, but that's Journey's End. Um, that worked really well for me thematically because he's part of the Resistance. He sent the Siberian back through time and space. It's gone full circle. It's his job. He wants to do this. Jihan, again, is just like... Oh, let me do it. And 13's like, cool, you do it. <laughs> but there was no need for that plot device. You know what I mean? There was no need at this point. Like, in The Timeless Children, it made sense. It was the finale. It was a big thing. There had to be this big threat. In this, it was just like, oh, I can't remember what it was. You have to hold this thing, or you have to hold this thing in place, and it'll kill you, but you have to do it, otherwise the whole world's going to go. Well, why write that in? to kill off a character and have a, a big emotional music moment and go, ooh, look how sacrificial, like, look how amazing this historical figure is, who I don't think is even real. Is, is, is Ji-hun real? I did research this, but I'm just assuming not. Because when I type in Ji-hun Vlog de Lamar, nothing really comes up other than the Doctor Who stuff, so it makes me believe this isn't a historical figure. Whereas if it was a historical Chinese pirate that historically went missing, this would be quite cool to do something like, oh, in this in Doctor Who universe, they, they gave their life to save the Earth, and, you know, it's a historical figure that should be remembered, and you should go and research that on Google after. 
Whereas that wasn't the case. It was just some made-up character with a plot device that they'd sort of thrown in there, which they've done before, which didn't really make too much sense, just to kill off a character to give a heroic sacrifice to this person. You know, maybe if they'd made more of a deal about him killing that sea devil, then they could have had this as a sort of, like, redemption moment, but then they didn't make a big deal of it, and even if they did make a big deal of it, Dan still killed eight of them. So, you have that. Um, but yeah, no. I've ranted enough about this episode. It's not like, and I hope it doesn't come across as me sitting here ranting about it, because there's a lot of people like that out there, and I'd never want to come across like that. I want to just sort of break it down properly and talk about the episode... In terms of it, like an audience member, how I felt sat watching it, I felt disappointed, and I still do feel disappointed. And I'm, dis- I'm, I'm I just think it's a shame that this is the penultimate episode of Jodie's era, because for me, this is definitely on the lower end of episodes that I would want to revisit in Jodie's era. A lot of people slag off stuff like the Battle of Ranscrove Colos, really don't like the Battle of Ranscrove Colos, but do I put Legend of the Sea Devils above it? I actually don't know. The Phasmin stuff is brilliant, but then there's some great stuff in the Battle of Ranscrove Kolos. At least that didn't feel rushed, you know? I, I don't know. It's a difficult one, and it's a, it's a one that I don't want to slam too much. But I think my thing with it is, I think it's because not only is it a, like a standalone episode and special and has to do a lot, but it's also Jodie's penultimate episode. And then I look back and go, okay, world enough in time when the Doctor falls. That's a penultimate story for the 12th Doctor. It's incredible. It's phenomenal. And it builds up perfectly into his departure from the show. Then you've got Day of the Doctor. That's unfair. Of course that's going to do better because it's Day of the Doctor. Waters of Mars. You know, the penultimate story for David Tennant. Incredible. Help Boontown, the penultimate story for the 9th Doctor, is still a great social commentary on capital punishment. And that was a last-minute episode. That was a one that was sort of thrown together as like a bonus filler episode, yet it still did something interesting and out there. It's meme to fuck, of course it is, but it's decent, and that's my point. It's like, this didn't feel like a penultimate episode. It didn't really have any stakes that it's trying to build towards. We haven't got a two-parter next time. We've got a feature-length episode, which is just slightly shorter than what we would get with a two-parter. So... I'm just hoping it manages to wrap everything up. And yeah, I am super excited to see Ace and Tegan back in the show again. Don't get me wrong, but I saw that in the next time trailer and I was excited, but about after I was like, yeah, but they might mess it up, you know? If, and this sounds bad, and this is going to sound horrible, but I think for me, given just the general trajectory of this era, the use of people like Kate Stewart and the use of Captain Jack in those episodes... Considering next time is not only a departure for Jodie's Doctor and a big regeneration, it's also probably the departure for companions Yaz and Dan. It's also the return of the Master, the Cybermen, and the lone Cyberman, Ashad. Ashad. The Daleks, as well as Unit, Kate Stewart, Ace, and Tegan. I feel like some elements are going to get shafted aside. And... As much as I'm excited to see Ace and Tegan back, and Kate Stewart, do I feel like they're gonna amount to anything really special, like in School Reunion, or like when Sarah Jane came back, or in Stolen Earth and Journey's End, where you had all those characters come together and save the day? Do I think it's gonna amount to that? 
I don't know. I really hope it does, but I'm keeping my expectations low and hopefully I'll be pleasantly surprised. That's my aim with this, at the very least. Now, who knows? I could be totally wrong. It's exciting to have them back in the show and it's exciting to see such brilliant companions and characters and actors recognised in the modern day of Doctor Who. We only had Sarah Jane come back really from the classic era um, in terms of companions, so it's always great to see someone like Ace come back and Tegan. And I would love, I would love if there was more. I would love if um, Katie Manning showed up as Joe Grant again. I'd love it if, you know, like anyone, anyone from the classic era who it feels right to bring back, bring back. Hey, like, even the Doctors. If you want to do that, do it. Because at the moment, I'm thinking, well, this episode's going to be batshit anyway. Throw as much as you can at it. I don't care. I don't... Like, I really... It should be good. Because the Regeneration episodes, at the very least, are entertaining. Because they have a built-in thematic direction. You know where it's going to go. The audience know where it's going. You know where it's going. The characters know where it's going. As soon as the Doctor knows this is this is their last outing they they put their all into it it's a big emotional performance and it's 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 always exciting and if this flops and it falls apart then so be it we still get a regeneration and it's a maybe an appropriate ending to this era i'm excited because there's a lot there but i'm worried because there's a lot there if that makes sense anyway um let's head to twitter for a little bit because i feel like there's a lot of <clears throat> reactions and thoughts about this episode which I'd love to read out. So I put on Twitter, I put the other day, I wrote, what did you think of Legend of the Sea Devils and all the centenary stuff? Let me know your thoughts, theories and more below and it might make it onto the podcast episode. Now we had 55 responses for this so I can't really, I don't have the time to go through all of them so we're going to just read some of the sort of top ones that appear in a sort of general general order, or I'll just not comment on them too much and just read them out. So Tom Coates says, To me it felt like one of the perfectly fine filler episodes, like the Shakespeare Code, The Witchfinders, New Earth, or Tooth and Claw, that we used to have. Not really good enough to be a special, not a season finale or brainstormer, but perfectly fine. Episodes like it aren't really the problem, they're fine. Nothing wrong with them. It's the absence of the truly great episodes that's the problem. And I think that's a perfect way of summing it up, because this is the kind of episode you would get in the middle of, the, middle of a series. It didn't feel like a special, and it certainly didn't feel like a penultimate episode leading up to a regeneration. So there's that. Um, but it's also the point of, there's too much filler, and we don't get enough of those harder-hitting, exciting episodes. And this, again, leads into my point of, this feels like a very typical Chibnall script. It's nothing surprising, nothing challenging. It's something nice for the kids to eat an Easter egg with, really. And it serves that purpose brilliantly. But I think, as a fan of the show for so long, and knowing there's a regeneration coming up, I wanted something a bit more. But that's just me. <clears throat> Troy slash Red Archer Live says, Good episode. I feel the biggest issue was runtime. There wasn't enough chance to get proper meat get the proper meaty story the Sea Devils deserved, but the end result was still good fun. The Thasman stuff was supreme. Yeah, I partially agree. Um, probably a tad more disappointed, but yeah. Alternate 13th says, I did enjoy it. Not brilliant, certainly rushed, but I'm not opposed to revisiting it. The Sea Devils were a bit wasted, sadly. As for the Centenary, I'm not sure how far I trust Chibs to do Tegan and Ace justice and be there for a reason, but I trust the performances to elevate it. That is something... That's a very good point, actually. A very, very good point. Grumpy Who says, It's fun if you're willing to let go and enjoy the ride. Rounding off the action um, with a deeper, more moving scene 
where we learn something new about the Doctor, brings Gridlock to mind, which gained more fan approval as time went by. Maybe this will too. Um, I'd agree. I don't think it's at the same level as Gridlock, in all honesty. I mean, we'll see down the road, but I think it's very clear to just look at the way the scripts come together and the story and everything. Gridlock was better for me. Brian T. Alexander. I feel like I'm going to get some shit for this, but Legend of the Sea Devils has been one of my favourite Doctor Who episodes in a while. I've enjoyed the Chibnall era for the most part, but this felt like the most classic in a 2005-2016 sense episode. It didn't need to be a crazy setup for the Centenary special, and it was just a bit of fun. There wasn't a lot of fat, but it moved at a good pace. Uh, my biggest problem with it were the odd editing and cinematography choices, which could have easily been chalked up to cho uh, COVID restrictions. Um, also, the Sea Devil suits seemed to lack any sort of animatronics and ended up looking a bit incredibly stiff, which is part of Doctor Who's charm, but I was a bit taken aback by it. A few things there which are interesting. Um, yeah, editing, cinematography choices, probably something to do with COVID, but then you argue that they shot this after Flux, and Flux looked and felt better. So what's that about? I don't really know, because they've had more months here to do it, surely. Um, the Sea Devil suits, I didn't even mention in this episode, um, but you are totally right with that one. I think something really impressive is like Series 12, they brought the Jadoon back and they brought these new animatronics and the mouth moved and you could tell it was all very real. With this, they clearly got some sort of, and I'm, I'm not trying to undermine it, again, as I said in my video, main review, I have a lot of respect for VFX artists, um, and I think they are one of the more overworked and underpaid jobs in the industry um, and they deserve a lot of credit for what they do even when it's not perfect and this wasn't for me I kind of looked at those and saw a very still mask that had some bulging effects on it to make it look like it was moving and like living which is fair enough but it didn't sell it to me really that much but it you know it it still works well for the story and it's better than the classic Who era stuff but I would have much preferred some actual proper animatronics, which Doctor Who can and probably should afford nowadays. Cal says, um, it was alright but battered with a pace that was too rapid and some of the worst editing in New Who. It was fun to have the Sea Devils return and the Thasmin content was excellent and mature, but overall I'm not sure it's an episode that will be looked back on fondly. And I think that's exactly it for me as well. Like, you don't think people are going to look back at this and go, that's an episode I loved. That's a classic, that one. Legend of the Sea Devils. Oh, brilliant. Owen says, I've got to say, I thought it was quite a good episode. Uh, I know some people didn't like it, but I did. It was great. And I'm also sad because it's the penultimate for 13. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good point. And I think a lot of people can just genuinely just enjoy, you know, like wh whatever the episode turns out to be because it's Doctor Who. And I honestly am very envious of you. I genuinely wish I could as well. Um, as someone who takes a great fascination in TV and film and talking about the quality of it, I really try to dig deep into these things, and if like, something doesn't strike right to me, it doesn't work. Um, I do wish I could just enjoy it, <laughs> like I used to. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad, again, as I say, I'm, I'm not dissing anyone for having a, a good time with it. I'm just glad. I'm happy for you guys that you did. Uh, Bad Wolf Archive says... Really bland, uninspired, and instantly forgettable. I enjoyed Jodie and Mandip, I always do, but anything beyond those two was just plain bad, IMO. Um, the pacing and dialogue was off, the editing felt shoddy, some of it actually felt like a parody. Very disappointed overall. Um, yeah, I think the general gist of most of these... Um, 
most of these feedback things on Twitter um, is sort of covering that. Either some people who just unequivocally really enjoyed it, got a lot out of it, understand the flaws, but still loved it all the same. And there's some who really don't like it for very clear reasons that I think I've already brushed over in this review. Um, I want to give a big thank you to everyone who commented below that post. Sorry if I didn't get to your comment or your little mini review. We're definitely going to be doing more of these in the future, whether it be Doctor Who related or whether it be other TV show or film related things. So please, please do stay up to date on my Twitter, which is at GBShared. Um, I really appreciate that though. Um, it's a great level of responses. Um, yeah, so I think that's basically it for this review. I think I've kind of covered everything I want to say about it. It's not an episode that I feel like I have a lot to say about, yet I have rattled on for about 40 minutes, so there we go. Um, in terms of the future for Spill Your Beans, uh, there's going to be a whole new series at the beginning of May. I finally got round to planning and producing some more live stream, live stream, podcast content uh, for you guys. I wanted to make sure I've got enough to start a new season, so that's what we're doing. We're going to be starting on the very first weekend of May with a little bit of a mini Doctor Strange review and a whole new Star Wars review as well on the sequels, which will be really interesting. So stay tuned, and yeah, we'll be seeing that very soon. If you want to follow me on social media and all that sort of thing, I'm at GBSheard on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow the Spill Your Beans Twitter, it's at Spill Your Beans. And if you want to follow the Spill Your Beans Instagram, it's at Spill Your Beans Pod, I believe. Thanks so much once again for watching and listening. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, please be sure to check out the YouTube channel and all that sort of social media stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, please consider checking out the podcast. As I say, we've got lots more exciting content on the way. And if you haven't already seen, we have got two seasons worth of content there already in terms of film reviews, Doctor Who reviews, commentaries, discussions, etc. It's all on there. You can check it all out now. So please feel free to do that. Link below. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening, and I will see you all later. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.